Hello and welcome to the Velodrome Podcast. It's already episode 9 and we thank you for listening today. I'm Steve, your host. Some of you may know me as the Velo21 guy, but today I'm your host on this Velodrome Podcast. So once again, we're talking to another recreational cyclist about their cycling journey and the reason why they do the sport that we all love. If you're listening to this today and you think, I'd love to have a chat with Steve, you can get in touch with me on Instagram, direct message me at velo double underscore 21. That's velo double underscore 21. And we'd love to get you on the podcast. We'd love to chat to more recreational cyclists about their journey. We like to keep the podcast nice and relatable. So it's people like yourself that are listening to this that come on and tell their story. So once again, as I say, we've got another great guest and today we're speaking to John Ierson. Hello, John, and welcome to the Velodrome Podcast. How are you today? I'm good, yes, yeah. Hi, Steve. Yeah, I'm very well. Yeah, yourself? Yeah, good, thanks, good. It's been a lovely sunny day today and I've just been talking to you off air a little bit and you've managed to get a decent ride in today as well, haven't you? Yeah, I have, yeah. So uh, do forgive me if I talk a load of dribble tonight because I'm tired of it. Um, (laughs) Yeah, 110 miles over 9,000 feet of climbing over the Peak District. So, yeah, it was lovely. Don't want to complain, but I'm very tired, to be honest. Yeah, Yeah, good day. Something to do with all the guests is just have a little chat, first of all, about how we know each other. And John's probably the uh, first person on the podcast that I know quite well on a personal level. We've ridden together quite a bit. In fact, I've talked about on previous episodes about uh, Stelvio, um, yeah. trip which John was on um, so I do know, know John really quite well um, and he's a good lad and you are and you are oh, thank you very much the, you very the much. mutual appreciation society yeah. thanks, thanks so, <laughs> so I mean as, as I say I know you quite well but some of these questions that I'll run through I don't know the answers to so it'd be quite okay. interesting to find out all this info from uh, from yourself as well. So, well, if you if you don't know the answers to them, I can make up any story, can't I? Really? That's it, yeah. So, yeah, just go for it. You just can't validate anything. So, <laughs> I, think, no, I am going to be some kind of god at the end of this. To be honest with you, yeah. So, yeah. so obviously, it's a cycling chat. So, where did your cycling journey start? Where did it all start for you? Um, I've cycled all my life. Um, when I was a kid, I used. I'm from Bridge North in Shropshire. When I was a kid, I used to have some paper rounds. And my paper rounds, for some reason or other, were about four or five miles from the shop itself. So they were in Bridge North High Street and things like that. And I used to live up the high town. Um, so I, I used to do my, my paper rounds, my Sunday round and my morning and evening round. I'm greedy. Yeah, so on my, on my push bike. Um, and that, my mum and dad bought me a, a Falcon from, um, it was from Shrewsbury. It was from Dave Mellis Place in Shrewsbury. So bought me a Falcon racing bike with simplex gear. So I've always been around cycling and love cycling. Um, and then I got into mountain biking a little bit. And when I say mountain biking, it was more down the the the, the uh, canal towpaths. As you know, you know we're very lucky to have those around the West Midlands. So yeah, I use those a lot. Um, and the kids were growing up, and um, I then challenged myself. I've got what year it was. I think it was about two thousand and seven, two thousand and eight, uh, with a group of mates to do a ride to Paris from Wolverhampton. Um, I was sitting on the train going to Cheltenham Gold Cup on business and I thought, oh, really, I'm not enjoying this business. What can I do for myself? So um, I, I did that and I've got some friends who uh, were very supportive and I know some people who live in Paris as well. So I got back into cycling in a, in a, in a bigger way that way and then um, started going down the track at Aldersley in Wolverhampton. So it was me going down there and then my son 
got involved in it as well and uh, we both went down together and uh, he progressed very well he became national champion eventually and won some races on the continent and um, I, I followed him round and financed it and supported him so mm-hmm. then from, from there it's sort of expanded into all sorts of things that I've done as you know I've run cycling businesses I've been West chairman of BC West Midlands and all sorts and uh, I'm still an active coach and things for many clubs so that, that, that's my sort of my high cycling history briefly summed up Yes, lovely. So, what keeps you motivated to keep going now? In cycling, or just yeah. In cycling, yeah. What what keeps you going going out? Because sometimes you you do. Me personally, I tend to get a bit of a lull with it. Sometimes it's like yeah. you know you can you can be really enthusiastic. You've got this coming up. You've got that coming up, and you're really motivated. And then all of a sudden, it's just I can't be bothered with this. Sometimes yeah. it's like what keeps you going. I completely agree, you know, it's, it's like we're, we're all human, aren't we? And, you know, you have peaks and troughs with anything. But I, I love cycling. I love what cycling can do. Um, I like the fact that it can be an individual, you know, event or it can be a team event. Um, so from a personal perspective, I just love cycling and I love what cycling has to offer. I love the cycling world. Um, you know, it's a lifestyle as much as anything else as well. And it's given me, I'm 58 next week, and it's given me health as well. So that's really important to me. As you get older, you start to appreciate your health a little bit more. You start to realize that, you know, there is a mortality to this. There is an end. There is an end game, (laughs) unfortunately. So it was a case of really just, you know, that aspect, um, the health aspect. from, From a coaching perspective, I love to see people progress, and I like to give something back. I, you know, I like, I like to, I, I don't like to just sit there and take. That's something mm-hmm. that you know I struggle with. So I like to give something back as well. And what you can get from cycling is that. So you can get it from a personal level, you can get it from a team level, and then you can feel filter back and give other people, you know, that wonderful thing that is cycling is freedom, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Definitely, yeah. I mean, speaking with previous guests, that they've kind of said like that that freedom that it gives as soon as you kind of hop on the bike and you're out the door and you you know even just a few pedal strokes and you're kind of lost in this other world almost that you're yeah, just exactly. gliding along as well just absolutely flying so obviously you touched on you do it for, for your physical health do you, do you feel with your mental health as well do you feel it helps with with things like that you know me quite well so yeah there's all sorts of aspects of my mental health yeah yeah i do absolutely yeah i mean i i, I I don't so much anymore. I, I, I ran a business and that business was bought um, and I've sort of taken a back seat now. So, I'm, you know, I'm in a very fortunate position. Um, but it, that was quite hard to adapt to, um, you know, from, from being the guy who was making the decisions all of the while to the guy who's not anymore. And that affected me a little bit. And what I did find was there was escapism on the bike to move to, you know, I was, I was having a, I'll be careful on the language, I was having a, you know, bad day. And I, you know, go on the bike and within an hour or so, you can just forget everything else that's going on. So, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it definitely helped with my mental health. And then going back to the coaching side of things as well, you know, this, we're animal, you know, we're social animals as well, you know. So it, it enabled me to do that as well and interact with people. And I am a people person. I do like people. Mm-hmm. I like having people around me as well. I can I can cope with my own you know, you know, my, 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 myself and my own time, but I do like being around people. So yeah, absolutely. It's helped with, with physical and mental side of things. Yeah. Good stuff. Good stuff. Cause for myself, like since doing the podcast, I've kind of, it was one of the guests that, that mentioned something Ben in episode four, he said that he'd never been diagnosed with anything, but he said he kind of, he feels like, and this was exactly sort of the way that I feel really, that you kind of feel 
that things get on top of you and a bit overwhelmed with everything and then a bike ride can just lift everything and yeah. you know and you you're doing things more efficiently like you know with your working life and everything like that because your head's then cleared um yeah, and just that, that that sort of hour or so even that it's just a short amount of time and you sort it out it's like on instagram at the moment there's a, a thing going around saying bikes just solve everything and it's like yeah mm-hmm. that feels quite true that does to be honest <laughs> I can't remember the quote, but Einstein said something about bikes as well, you know, didn't he? So it's, I, I can't remember the quote exactly, but something very similar to that as well. And you know when you're out on the bike, particularly if you're going up a great big um, great big hill, I was going to swear then, uh, <laughs> you, you, you have no other option apart from to think of the pain that you're in and getting to the top of that hill. And that's a really, really, really good distraction as well, yeah. Mm-hmm. Good stuff. So what's your biggest cycling challenge to date? What's the biggest thing you've taken on so far? I've, I've done a few things with cycling. I didn't, I sort of, you asked me, you sent me the question there, but there's a few things. I, I, um, I was part of a team back in 2010 that circumnavigated the UK mm. um, for helping um, prostate cancer, which was called the Great Tour. Um, and it was run by the people who actually run the tour series in this country. So I was part of that team. I didn't do the whole lot, but I did the Welsh stage. Um, and that was lovely. I met a lot of people, a lot of really motivational people for that as well. So what we basically did or what they basically did, and I, I came on some sort of from North Wales, was circumnavigate on the coastal roads all the way around the UK, including up to um, Anglesey and all that lot. So it was a real, real challenge, but really, really good fun. That, that was one. Um, I've also then obviously mentioned about the ride from Wolverhampton to Paris. That, that, was, that was really good fun. I did those with some friends and the guy down in London who, you know, I keep in touch with, I haven't seen him for a while and some other friends and that, that was good. Um, and again with yourself last year, you know, it's, um, there was a bucket list one that I, and I, you know, you came along and it was lovely to have you there and we had a great time, but the Stelvio was fantastic. It's something that I've always wanted to do. Um, the Gavia as well was, was, as you know, was, was mm-hmm. superb. Um, so, yeah, I've, I've done a few things. I've raced as well. I've raced on the track. I've raced, you know, around crits and I've done, you know, road races and things like that. So it's quite diverse, to be honest with you. I don't want to pinpoint just one. But, you know, mm-hmm. there's quite a few there. And, um, yeah, I enjoyed every aspect of it. Really, really good. Yeah. yeah, good stuff. Good stuff. So have you got any other big rides lined up for 2023? What Or big events that you've got coming? Yes, yeah. It's, again... Um, I try and do an annual event, and, and again, you, you were fortunate enough, fortunate enough. I was fortunate enough to have you as one of my friends who came along last year and did the Stelvio. But this year, yeah, you for all sorts of reasons you can't, but hopefully next yeah. year. But yeah, we're going to do. Um, we're going to drive down to uh, position ourselves between the Galibier and Lab d'Huez. Um We'll do the Galibier first, then Lab d'Huez. Then we're going to drive down to Provence and uh, uh, place ourselves just on the foot of the Vent too. Um, we're going to do the three ascents of the Von Two in one day, um, which is you become a, part, a member of a fairly elite club, I believe, by doing that. So, uh, and then from there, we're then going to drive back up into the Alps and uh, do the Colombier, which is one of the stages of the Tour de France. So we'll watch the guys coming up the Colombier once we've tried to suffer up there. So yeah, yeah, I'm looking forward to that as well. Yeah, because yeah, that's in, in July, obviously, isn't it? When the, yeah. the tour's on. Um, so yeah. how much climbing is involved in that three ascents then? 
Oh, wow. Yeah, so the the, the average ascent of Vontu, I think, and people may correct me, is about, about 2,000 metres. Yes. So we're looking at uh, about 6,000 metres over roughly 80 kilometres, something. It's about 21 kilometres, and some of them are slightly longer than others. So I'm rounding this off. Yeah. Uh, about 80 kilometres. So, yeah, it, it, it's a real, real old challenge. Yeah, yeah. 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 Off, off the top of my head, I want to say it's um, 1,918 metres. Yeah. I think, yeah, right. but yeah, like you say, like two thousand meters each time is is a fair amount, and going all up that up and down, up and down, yeah, that's exactly a, a, a yeah. big old day in the saddle, isn't it? That yeah. well, I've done it before. I did it in two thousand and seven. I did the ascent from Malasen, um, mm. and it was lovely. I mean, I don't if if you get the chance, Steve, yeah. or anybody listening, if you haven't, it's it's it's. It's not actually part of the Alps, Vontu. It sits right at the bottom end, but it's a monolith that sits by itself, but it's in Provence, yeah. and it's beautiful. It's, I mean, it's just a beautiful part of France. Um, so as much as anything else, I'll be suffering of the old, but it'll look nice. <laughs> yeah. 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 So obviously, um, moving on a little bit um, with an event that we've got coming up, which is a memorial ride for a fantastic young rider who was fortunately... Yeah. Um, taken from us in uh, 2017, young Joe he Guy. Um, yeah. Do you want to just tell us a little bit about Joe and then we'll talk about yeah. the event? I was chairman of Wolverhampton Wheelers um, and Joe was an up-and-coming rider with, with a few of his friends. And you know, I, mean, I mentioned Matty Morris as well. They were very close friends. Matty, Matty Morris, Matty Lewis, sorry. Yeah. Um, but Joe was, you know, really good rider. I particularly loved TTs and stuff like that. But up-and-coming had ambitions to go over to the continent, onto Belgium and France, and um, but unfortunately he was um, he was out on a training ride. Uh, we're with Matt, um, and circumstances meant that he lost his life on that training ride. He was hit by a lorry, um, and he'd just finished. He'd just done the Shrewsbury GP before that as well. But yeah, a lovely lad and a lovely family as well. He comes from a family who are cyclists, predominantly um, cycle speedway. Uh, his dad was cycle speedway, his brother cycle speedway. His cousin, and I'm sure it's his cousin, is Lee Harris, who people may know, but Lee was world champion at cycle speedway as well, lives over in Australia now. Um, so, you know, very much a cycling family, very much giving to cycling as well as cycling. And, um, you know, we tragically lost him, as you say, in it was May 2017. Mm. Yeah, um, was he? He was only seventeen years old. Yeah, 17, 16, 17. I think he was seventeen. Yes, yeah, seventeen. And yeah, like yeah. you say, he was he was really a great. I didn't know Joe personally. Like I wasn't really involved with the Wheelers at this time, um, but I knew who he was. Um, but like I say, I didn't know him personally because I just knew he was. I'd seen him a lot on Strava. Um, basically, I bumped into him a couple of times out on rides, and he was a phenomenal young man. Um, he was, a, yeah, a phenomenal yeah. talent on the bike. He really, really, really was. And he was a phenomenal young man in many aspects. To be honest with you, Steve, he was. You know, he, he was a good guy. He had a good sense of humour. He was. He was polite, but he was cheeky. Um, I, the, the last conversation I remember having with him was. Um, at the track league down at Aldersley and he wasn't doing it that week and I was doing it and I was sitting on the stands and I remember saying, are you going to do it? No, 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 I'm having a rest day because the Shrewsbury GP was coming up and that was really the last conversation I had with him but, you know, he was he was a lovely lad and he was very much thought of, he was very highly thought of down the club as well and very, very, very much supported. 
you know, to the extent that the club helped out with, with a lot of things. Yeah. yeah. And, and that leads on to, you know, the ride for Joe. Yeah, which is the the next question. So the, the event, the memorial ride is coming up, the ride for Joe. So it'll be the sixth um, time the event's run. And that yeah. takes place on the 4th of June this year. It does, um, yeah. Which, obviously, when this is aired, that'll be just over a, co- just over a couple of weeks away. Um, and, yeah, so obviously there's involvement in that with the Guy family um, doing signage and everything like that. So... Um, are you planning a, a new course or anything like that, or no. is it just staying all all the same? We're going to keep it the same as well, and the involvement is, you know, with 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 the family as well. I mean, I'm co-organizer with his brother. His yeah. brother's, you know, his brother Craig is the driving force behind this. Um, I'm just, you know, honoured to be able to help Craig and, and sort this out. I mean, to to the extent that the actual event, even though it's been running since 2017, won, a, won an award from the Air Ambulance last year, mm-hmm. um, won a trophy for, it was, you know, the, the I think it was not the most money raised, but it was, you know, the highest profile and the, the fastest growing or whichever. And Craig and, and Craig's wife, um, George, went over and they got presented with an award for, for the charity. So all of the money we have goes to the Air Ambulance because mm-hmm. the Air Ambulance as a cyclist is very close to everybody's heart. Um, and I think so far today we've raised about twenty seven, twenty eight thousand quid. Um, mm. So the event attracts around about three thousand pounds a month, and all of the money goes back into the charity. So yeah, so we're not changing it. No, it's going to yeah. go from Aldersley. Um, the routes there's two routes of thirteen or fifty, roughly, give or take a couple of miles either side. Yeah. Um, locally, uh, feed stations in Shiftnall and all the other stuff, and you know, as many people as we can get there would be marvellous. Yeah. And you can enter on uh, British Cycling, can't you, beforehand yeah. if you want to, or sign up on the day. Um, what I tended to push on my Instagram was like approaching people at, at club runs to try and do their Sunday club run yeah. as the event, you know. And like say, you can pay. Um, what what's the fee? I don't want to say ten quid, ten pound um, yeah. still, um, which is great value to be honest, because it's a great day. There's a lot of people turn up, and it is a great event. So I'd encourage anyone that's listening in the local area to, to come along if you haven't already um, because it is a brilliant the sort of you know four five hundred people show up oh, to yeah, yeah. plus to do, to do the event I mean the first event was um, you know the Wolverhampton Wheelers have, have been chairman in many different aspects but some great members over the time and the first event when we lost Craig we, uh, Craig sorry we lost Joe was we, we lost him on the Wednesday, I think it was. Yeah. I'm right in saying, or was it the Monday? No, we lost when... him on the Monday. Oh, no, we lost him on the Wednesday, didn't Wednesday, we? Wednesday, yeah. We lost him on the Wednesday, and uh, we put the feelers out, and we had uh, about 50, 60 people come down the track, and we just rode around the track in memory of Joe. Um, and then from there on, you know, we, we, we've always promoted it. But that first weekend, so we did it the Sunday after we'd lost him. Mm-hmm. And we had 650 riders turn up from around the, around the region, predominantly mm-hmm. then. And then we ran it, we've run it every year, and we intend to run it every year, even through COVID when we couldn't go out on the road. So we did it as a virtual event. Yes. Um, and we had about 300 people do the virtual event. So they just dedicated their ride on Zwift or in their back garden to the event. And we raised two and a half thousand quid I think then mm-hmm. um, so then uh, then we we were fortunate enough to be able to do it the following years and we're doing it this year again as well so yeah yeah, it's um, it's something that we're going to carry on doing yeah 
happen. And you can enter, yes, I'll get my entries in. You can enter online, as you rightly say, with British Cycling. It's 10 quid. Um, or you can enter on the day. Um, yeah. And we're now getting people coming from all over the country. We've had some people who've actually been over from, from Australia. We have uh, we have a Welsh contingent who come on a regular basis as well. So it's no longer geographical people who knew Joe and who rode with him. It's, it's become a bigger event than that, though. Yeah, yeah. So if you, I'll try and put a link. I don't know whether links work on podcasts as such, but I can definitely put um, the website um, that takes you to the yeah, that'd be great uh, the, if you could. The, the event, but if you also search for Ride for Joe, it it in BC, it'll, it'll come up then as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, nice and simple. Search Ride for Joe, and that that will come up there. So you can get your entry in there. So you can prepay. Um, as John's mentioned, all the all the money goes to Air Ambulance as well, which is absolutely fantastic. Um, so yeah, and it's a, a great day um, to come down. Obviously, remember Joe, support the Guy family. Um, and yeah, that's it's it's one for the book. Get it in the diary. It's one for the book. Yeah, so if it's absolutely, the, absolutely. If it's Thanks the, for that, uh, Steve. Yeah. The club run or anything like that. Get it in the diary. The fourth of June, um, this year. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, ride Sunday. off. First ride off is ten o'clock. Staggered, the staggered groups. So yeah, if people can yeah. be there a little bit earlier as well. There's a feed station and all the other things. But you know, it's all as I say. All the money goes to um, goes to the air ambulance. So which is good. Yeah. Yeah absolutely fantastic so what's your sort of annual mileage what are you doing at the moment it's been a, this year i probably i was thinking about this actually on the way back and i reckon i'm going to do eight nine thousand miles this year okay. um so I, I know i'll put something different on the sheet i think <laughs> so yeah. over. but i was sort of trying to do a bit of a flag packing calculation because i've been to new york and i've got these other things that i want to do um, so yeah, about that eight thousand, nine thousand miles. I think I averaged. I think I did about four and a half, five thousand last year, um, which which was a little bit lower than I wanted it to be. But all sorts of circumstances meant that I couldn't. But still a decent mileage. Yeah, definitely, definitely. So mm. you are upping it a little bit now with with some big big days in the saddle now. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm trying to trying to get to maybe two hundred miles a weekend in as well, and I want to go down the track a bit as well. I am going to race one of the Thursday night leagues, the SSCC RRL. Okay. We'll have to think of a better acronym for that. Yeah, so that's starting. Yeah, but, yeah. That's on again now, isn't it? That's that's running the Thursday road yeah. race league. Yeah. Last week was the first event, yeah, and it was it was good. Well supported, good racing. You know, some riders haven't seen Jackie Esquit was back in the seat yeah. and stuff like that. So yeah, it was good. It was good. Yeah. Yeah, good stuff. So we're just going to move on now to a little bit about that we ask all our guests. Um, these ones are sort of a little bit of fun, really. With um, are you a calf stop cyclist? Oh yes. Yeah, I mean, I've lost a bit of weight recently, but yes. Oh, yeah. yeah. What point is it going out without having a calf stop? Yeah. <laughs> First and foremost, part of the cycling world, you've got to drink coffee. It's, it's illegal to just drink tea. You've got to drink coffee as well. Yeah. And a cake is, is you know, you know, got to have a bit of cake as well. And you've also got to have some eggs benedict or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so, yeah, I, today, I mean, we had three calf stops, you know. So, Whoa. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I do Pilot like a mean, stop. Pilot oh, yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, it was coffees and crisps and stuff like that. So, and what did I see? Have a, had a pasty, I think, at one of them. So, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. What, what point is it punishing yourself if you're not going to have any reward? That's yeah. it. That's it. That yeah. little treat. Sometimes yeah, it keeps exactly. you focused, doesn't it? It's, it's you know, yeah. you've, you're thinking of the cake at the calf kind of thing, and it keeps you going. Um, yeah, so absolutely. What are you normally having? 
is 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 there anything that you go to that you're like right okay this is what I'm gonna have or are you just depends where you are anything. It depends on a, a, a various different factors. Yeah, I um how how tired I am. <laughs> yes, yeah, and how much energy and how much willpower I've lost during the ride because I've been on a fairly strict diet in the last twelve months. Um, so I've cut certain things out of my diet like gluten and lactose and things like that. Not because I'm intolerant, but because of the fl- inflammatory factors that they've got. Yeah. Um, and that's helped me lose two and a half, three stone in weight. So I, I'm fairly, I'm fairly protective of that. So I am a bit careful what I do eat. However, if I'm in a lot of pain or I've done a lot of miles, I'm not silly. So I will eat what my body needs. Mm-hmm. Um, so my go-to probably on a Saturday, my go-to will be something like a Mexican, Mexican Benny which is like a Mexican Benedict, you know, you've got the eggs Benedict. It's a Mexican version of that, and it has avocado with it and stuff like that. So it's lovely. Very nice. I like that. I do like an egg and bacon sandwich, yeah, but I don't eat bread, so I just have the egg and bacon. <laughs> yeah, um, but my default is a coffee. You know, it, it, I, I'll do without the food. As long as I've got a coffee, I'm a happy bunny. Yeah. yeah, that's it. That's it. I've been looking at things at diet as well recently, like... Um... There was a, another podcast that I'd listened to, and they were talking about um, glucose and the way that it works in your body. And it was something yeah. I found fascinating, really, because my nan was diabetic, my dad's diabetic, and it's obviously quite hereditary that I'm, I've got about a 75% chance that I'm mm. going to get it. So I, I, I did think, and my dad had mentioned it to me about making perhaps some adjustments with my diet because I've got a really sweet tooth, two sugars in the tea. It's everything like cakes, sweets, yeah. um, and I always thought that I was having those for energy. I'd have a dip, and I think I'd need some sugars, boom, mm-hmm. boom, and then I felt all right. And then this lady, um, so it was Dory the CEO with um, the chap from yeah, Dragon's Den Steam, yeah, yeah, um, yeah very and good, yeah. and the glucose goddess she's known as, yeah. um, and yeah. she talks about that it's not actually a um, genetic. No, sorry, uh, the the rush that you get, the sugar rush, is a dopamine hit. It's nothing to yes. do with the sugars that's in the in the food at all. Um, so you could have got that from rewarding yourself from something else. And then you'll have another spike because there's too much – you're flooding your body with glucose again, and then your body shuts it down, and then you feel flat again. So she yeah. was talking about kind of not really changing the amount of sugar that you have, just changing the way that you eat it um, in the sense that if, if you have – Vegetables first. Yeah, so if you have fibre and stuff first, or even if you... She, she gave an example of, um, like, uh, M&Ms. She was like, eat some almonds before you eat the M&Ms, and the fibre yeah. in the almonds will create a mesh that then slows the sugars. And so you can yeah. eat the same amount of M&Ms but not have the glucose spike. And it was really quite fascinating, really. And I, I've done a few things with that, and I've noticed through... I've got sort of like health apps and things like that on my phone, which track me through my watch through like HIV and things like that. And it's, I've, I've tracked in green all week since doing it. Yeah. Um, yeah. And my recovery's better. I'm feeling much better. I'm not having flat spots. I've cut sugar out the tea and done a few little bits and pieces, but it's really shocked me how much it's affected me. And then I've started Googling other things. So it's, it's all about the understanding of everything that you put in your body exactly what it's doing to you and really like you're um, saying about with the your gluten side of things 
It's glu- gluten I've cut out because <laughs> I've cut out bread and gluten. There's a few factors. Gluten is a, a, sugar, a sugar, isn't it? It's, 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 it's a, you know, it's a variant on the sugar. The problem we have in the modern society, and I listened to the Stephen Bartley one, and there's been some others as well which are worth listening to. Um, the problem we have is processed sugar. It's sugar is sugar is far worse than fat. And I'm no nutritionist, so I'm not going to sort of go down yeah. that route. But sh- fat, <laughs> fat is not bad for you. Our bodies are designed to process fat. It's not bad. Like, like the scientists and, and all of the, the marketing people have been telling us over the years, fat is bad. It's not. Sugar's bad. And particularly processed sugars. Um, so I've tried to eliminate processed sugars. And I take my sugar from fruit. Um, so you, but your body sees sugar in exactly the same way. Yeah. It'll see your sugar that's processed exactly the same way <clears throat> as it sees fructose from your fruits. But what the fructose has is exactly what you just said. It has a fiber Fiber. content. So it slows down that spike. And that's where the problems lie. You mentioned about genetic diabetes. They don't think it is genetic anymore. And I stand to be corrected. Um, But our modern diet is is putting so much stress and strain on our pancreas that that is causing the problem. But I stand to be corrected there because I'm a novice to all of this as well. But the problem with sugars as well is they're inflammatory. And the majority of issues that you have, you know, I get gout in my feet and I get all sorts of issues with my feet. And, you know, I'm not going to go anywhere with what you get, Steve, but I know how you, you know how I feel yeah, with that. Yeah, yeah. Um, and and that, that gout, since I've cut out sugars, as in processed sugars, highly processed sugars, uh, fructose, sorry, glucose and other things, and lactose as well. I don't, do injury, I don't have dairy anymore. Very, mm. very. I'll have solid cheese. It goes down to the same principle as well, but I won't have liquid milk. But again, it's that process of you're taking in a solid cheese. It's exactly the same way. Your body breaks it down much slower so you don't get the spikes and everything else. Mm-hmm. And touch wood, since I've, since I've changed my diet and I've lost the weight, I've had no problems, none. And, yeah. and my, my general demeanor, my general, not demeanor, but my general feeling, um, how I feel, I feel great. I've, I've not felt this fit in ages. And I've not felt this strong on a bike in ages as well. So, you know, the problem is with any of this, Steve, as you touched on, we listened to it and we got it from the diary of a CEO. But I've read about it and other things. You do have to be very, very careful what you listen to. But from the evidence that I've got on doing what I've done, it has it has almost certainly helped. It might be a it might be psychosomatic. I don't know, but it seems like it has helped. Well, that was the thing because I mean. I mentioned it. You then said it as well um, about like the fibre and things like that. As we were talk- to, as I was talking, um, that I'd, I'd listen to all of this, and I always take things with a, a pinch of salt. Talking about dietary things, um, <laughs> that, yeah. salt's not bad. Salt's <laughs> yeah, you're all right with that. Just yeah, not too yeah, much. Yeah. Just not too much. That's yeah, the same yeah, not too much. Yeah. 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 Um, but I always then do a bit of research from it. So I'm not just taking one person's word for it. I'll always try and source it from somewhere else because there's um, another great uh, person to listen to. It's uh, Dr. Tim Spector, um, and he's yeah, he does the, fantastic. Yeah, Zoe Project. Yeah, he's the one doing the Zoe Project. Yes, yeah. he's the gut health man. Yeah. Um, yeah. And yeah, he was saying about uh, multivitamins that they're, they're right. now no benefit because he said you your body can't absorb it it's too much it's too much in one go so you're putting it in and it's it's coming back out basically Mm. um but he he said 
the marketing companies, we've been sold a turk with food yeah. because they need to sell the food, don't they? So, you know, you need this more. Our bodies are really, really clever. They will adapt. Yes. They will adapt and they will take the nutrients that they need as long as you put those nutrients in from your food sources. So, yeah. Because yeah. that's yeah, it. Sorry, we, Steve, I interrupted we you. We weren't designed for this diet, as in, no. like when we were around millions of years ago, there wasn't these like you said, processed sugars and things like that and mm. things that have gone through processes. And that was the other thing that, that Tim Spector talks about is the, the, the natural side of things, that you're not having things that are processed um, and, and things like that. But, uh, yeah, it's, it really has. Even because I said to my wife, I was like, oh, maybe I am already a little bit because it's affected me that much. Um, and these little changes, I only made them sort of last weekend, and I felt great all week. And yeah. like, and my watch has reflected that, and the data that I've got through the app and stuff like that has very much reflected that. And it made me think, oh, maybe I, I already was slightly diabetic, and I've not managed it very well at all because I, I'd all, obviously, um, you know, what job I do? I do a physical job. I'd have yeah. a flat spot sometimes in. in throughout working the day and I think oh I need sugar so I'd buy a bag of Haribo and I'd eat mm -hmm. a bag of Haribo thinking oh, I'll do myself a bit of good kind of just not at all yeah just bumping some sugar in kind of thing and yeah it, it was obviously then I was sort of flatlining and boof, and then I'd crash and and feel terrible um and I've, it's the stress you're putting on your pancreas and, and you know everything's got to process it I mean you're putting a massive stress on it and as you get older, that becomes even worse. It's funny you say that. We've got a close friend who we went to um, Italy with last year. And he's a very close friend of mine. So you know who I mean. No names, no pack drills. But I was talking with him yesterday. And he's done very similar to you. He's cut out sugars. He's cut out. Mm -hmm. He used to drink quite a bit of Coke. Uh, he's cut out Coke and all that. And he said exactly the same. He feels more energized mm. and better for it. It's the inflammatory things. Majority of issues that we have in this in this modern Western world are caused by inflammation. Mm. And it's these processed things. It's not only, you know, sugar is it's everywhere. It's endemic, isn't it? It's you know, you, you read a tin of soup, you know, processed soup, there's a massive amount of sugar in there as well. Processed foods, there's a massive amount of sugar in there. White bread huge amount of sugar in there you know it's you touched on salt salt is not bad mm -hmm. you know i've got high blood pressure and that's been brought down by what i'm doing I'm, they've reduced my tablets so but that's you know salt we need salt as long as you, it's like a moderation isn't it mm -hmm. you don't need anything in excess you need moderation and you need balance as well yeah. so it, yeah that, those that, are the key things that variation and getting everything in um yeah. as well like you say like all those vitamins and everything like that as well um yeah so obviously we digressed a little bit that's all came yeah, from the, yeah. that came from the calf stop question that did yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah absolutely yeah so what do i have yeah so yeah yeah i, yeah, I to tell people i don't want gluten i don't want lactose yeah so, yeah. Yeah, but, yeah yeah so. lovely so yeah one of the other questions we ask all the guests is a dream bike, money, no object, which I think I know that you may have just yeah. already purchased. I just bought it. it. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> I've got a Colnago V3 RS um, with Campag throughout. It's all Italian. So, yeah. And it was, you saw it. It's in, it, was, yeah. it was in the room. I mean, at the yes. moment, but it's now, been, it's now in the garage. It's in my car, actually, because I was using it today. Um, yeah, it was beautiful. I love Colnago. Um, yeah. I love Italian bikes. I love it, the Italian lifestyle. I like everything. And the food is superb as well. I've got the Ducati. I just like Italy. Yeah. Um, but the, the Colnago was always a dream bike. 
Um, yeah. And it had to be all Italian, so it's all Italian. So, yeah, yeah, I've bought it recently. Yeah, it's an absolutely phenomenal machine in a beautiful colour as well. That's the other thing. It looks absolutely fantastic as well. Yeah, it's iced, iced red. So, it's yeah, thank you, Steve. Yeah, but yeah. I'm, I'm very pleased with it. And it rides as well as it looks. It is, it's a pleasure to ride. Yeah, Good stuff. Good stuff. So, where's your dream place? We could plop you anywhere in the world now. Where's your dream place to go riding? The Alps. It's, yeah, it's got to be. I mean, you, you've been there with me and you can possibly understand why I say the Alps. Um, they're stunning. Mm. They are, they're, they're just beautifully stunning. They're, they're, they're humbling. Um, they're challenging. Um, they're vast. Uh, yes, yeah, so it's got to be the Alps. And I'm there going there again this year. So, yeah. you know, and I'll go there again the year after. Um, I just love it there. It's, you know, they, they they incorporate many countries. You know, obviously the, the key ones like France and Italy and Switzerland. <laughs> and we drove through a lot of them last year, didn't we? We saw a lot of the Alps last year through the countries as well. And they were just beautiful. It was just a pleasure to be there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely stunning. Like you say, it's it's almost the photographs and everything never do justice to them when you're no. there it's just and it's breathtaking almost how, how big they all are and like you say you kind of think like it's not something you can go and attack is it it's like you've just got to saunter up at what speed you can do kind of thing because um, yeah. they're a long old slog those climbs oh aren't they just yeah <laughs> I, I remember something you know I remember when we were at Lake Como last year and you got your, your GoPro and you were mm. taking some pictures of it, and you said, look at this, John, and you were doing that 360 as well, and mm. that, that shot was just something else, wasn't it? And it was, you're quite right, you, you can't rush them. You can't rush the Alps. Mm. They're, they're, they're there to be totally respected. We were very lucky, weren't we, at the Stelvio? Usually it's, you know, it's, it's, it's glacial. As we saw as you're yeah. going up, you can see the glaciers. And we were told, you know, usually this time of year, you've got snow, snow at the top. It was 13 degrees, I think it was, at the top of the Stavio, wasn't it? Yeah. But, you know, and you're at an altitude where you do get oxygen deficit. I don't think any of us have saw that or felt that, but you, you're warned of that as well. Just a little touch. I just noticed, because I, I kept my power pretty consistent, because, I mean, the climb took me about an hour and 40-ish minutes, something like that, off the top yeah. of my head, the Stelvio. And just the last sort of couple of kilometres, I noticed my power was still the same. And all of a sudden, I could hear my breathing. And I was really conscious about it. And I thought, oh, that seems to have stepped up a gear. And I thought, yeah, I think I'm feeling this a little bit now. Um, I wouldn't say I was really struggling with it because I could still push the power. But it was was more, all of a sudden, I noticed my breathing and I thought, yeah, you, you're finding this a little bit tougher, I think, um, just yeah. towards the top. But I still managed to climb with a decent amount of speed. Um, oh, yeah, still, you did very yeah, well. It was, uh, yeah. yeah, and I just found the power. I thought, right, I'm sticking to this, and I just and I just went. Um, and, yeah, it was just absolutely breathtaking. I mean, that, that kind of took the distraction away a lot of the time. You turn a corner and you kind of look back down across and you just see all that mountain range, and it's just absolutely, I'd recommend Anyone listening, yeah. you've got to go and do it. It's one for the bucket list. It's absolutely phenomenal. Do you remember the thunderstorm at Borneo? Yeah. No. Yeah, that <laughs> Again, was just yeah. next and level. you just see it in the mountains. <laughs> and you think, wow, this is just... I mean, we all got up, didn't we? You know, We were all standing yeah. on that balcony as well. And uh, But you have to respect them. They they need respect. Yeah. You know, they, they are there. They need respect. But they are beautiful, beautiful. And people are beautiful. People who live in the Alps are beautiful people as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In their souls, you know, some of them are fairly good looking as well. But yeah, yeah. Their souls are beautiful. 
lovely John well I think we've come to the end of our few bits of questioning and we've had a lovely chat and it's been a, a pleasure speaking to you today thank you very much for coming on yeah thanks for inviting me Steve yeah I've thoroughly enjoyed it and you know good luck with this you know and good luck with, with the business as well you know if anybody is listening I would highly recommend Steve's business you know I use his wax. I use his yeah. chain wax as much as, as well. I use his cleaners as well on my push bikes and on my motorbike as well. So yeah, yeah, highly recommend Steve's some um, Steve's business and his products. They're very, very good, and he's a good guy as well. So we need to support the world's good guys. Yeah. Thank you very much, John. Thank you. Very my much. pleasure. Yeah. Speak soon. Yeah. Take care. Cheers. Well, as I said just at the end, there it was a pleasure speaking to John there again. So absolutely fantastic i love doing this it's a pleasure to do this podcast i love cycling i love talking about bikes boring my wife and her friends to death about it so i thought i'd have to make a podcast really so i could speak to other people that are just the same as me that love talking about bikes and cycling so as i said at the beginning of the podcast if you'd be interested in coming on send me a message on instagram we'd love to get you on we once again we thank john for his time we're really humbled by the amount of people that want to come on to the podcast as well it's absolutely fantastic so obviously without all the guests we wouldn't have a show so we do from the bottom of my heart, I really appreciate all the guests coming on as well. It's absolutely brilliant. I love getting all the info off everyone. Everyone's cycling journey is different. People do it for different, mainly probably all the same reason, really. Obviously, for the fitness, the mental well-being kind of side of things as well. But everyone's story of how they got into it and got started is different. And I just love chatting, bikes and cycling to everyone. So once again, I thank you for listening. I've been Steve, the Velo 21 guy, and we'll see you again soon.